Titus O'Reilly here to just remind you quickly of Bazaar Plus, our membership program for even more Mick and Titus, just talking nonsense. Go to the link in our show notes if you want to join up. It's Sports Bazaar. Welcome aboard, everyone. Anyone isn't happy. We call it all off immediately. The hunt for the weirdest. There you go. Can you put out a fact sheet with this? <laughs> Slide my mind. I don't. I can't <laughs> keep up. Strangers. Catastrophic, amazing, bizarre. Multiple layers of stupidity coming together. What could go wrong? Most unbelievable. It's like a Coen Brothers movie. Stories to ever occur. They're only going to get weirder from here. Get comfy, everyone. Some good, some bad. And some just bizarre, which we love. In the world of sport. How many chimneys could you do in a day? I've researched the tool. To France, not Chimney Sports Bizarre. Right, police are called in. <laughs> For the players. Dennis Rodman is telling you to calm down. Testicle soup. Can I just stop you for a second? Don't act like you've never done this. I feel like once again we've strayed away from what I've researched. It's time for the leaders of the hunt. An old couple who've got our spark back. <laughs> it's Titus O'Reilly and Mick Malloy. Welcome to the latest episode of Sports Bazaar with myself, Mick Malloy, and of course Titus O'Reilly. We're going to a sport we haven't covered before. I don't think we have. This is American football. The NFL. The NFL and college. And this is a guy who I don't think many people will know. If I think people in Philadelphia will maybe know. So we're talking the 60s, 70s. Yes. The guy's name is Tim Rosovich. Now he was born in 1946 in Palo Alto, California. Yep. Born Timothy John Rosovich. He's the oldest of five children. And he goes to high school at St. Francis High Yep, in Mountain View there. He grows into being a big guy. He turns okay. out to be very good at football. Yes. So uh, even in high school, he's all American. Everyone knows he's going to yeah. the show. You know, like every teen movie, he's the... <laughs> at the frat party, yeah. he's the guy with two beer cans on his helmet. And, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Like, he's the guy who's got the keg, you know? Yeah, gotcha. So by the time he finishes school, he's all American in football. Unbelievable. Like, in the country, recognised one of the best. He's six foot four, 240 pounds, which is... 193 centimetres, 109 kilos. What's his position? What's he? So he plays in defence. He defense. plays defensive end. Yep. They're the ones that rush the quarterback. They try, try and, and kill the quarterback. Him. They try and Just kill the try quarterback. and blow them off. The yeah, and this guy Fun. loves to hit people. Yes. <laughs> like that's his favourite thing. So from there, he goes to the University of Southern California, USC, big yep. school in 1965. Now he joins and at this college, he will become a legend both on and off the field. I like where this is going. You will like this guy so much, Mick. <laughs> this is like your soulmate. His roommate at college is Tom Selleck. <laughs> what? Magnum You're PI. Kidding me. Yeah. But he wasn't Magnum PI then, of no, course. No, no. What so was he? He was just a roommate. He's a student. So he- explain but to people who aren't from America, don't know the college system, but you don't get to choose your roommate. Right. No, so and I, th- well, I think it appointed. depends. Yeah, mainly it's appointed. It's a bit different from college to college. But unlike, say, here in Australia and some other places around the world, you tend to go leave your state often and go away to go to college. Yeah. You live there on college. You join the frats or, you know, yeah. fraternities and all this sort of stuff. It's a very different thing. Like in Australia, a lot of people live at home while they go to uni. <laughs> you know, here they'll go and stay there. Tom Selleck. Yeah, so Tom's Did he have a moustache at that stage? I think they all have because um, Tim uh, Rosovich, had, he had a great moustache and a big curly head of hair. Yeah. He, they were all quite countercultural because this is coming out of the hippie. He called himself a hippie. Yeah. Tim did and Selleck was all. These were sort of free spirit 
California guys, you know, going to USC, having that time. Tom Selleck was already stepping into, I think he played baseball a bit at uni. Okay. He, he was stepping into a career in Hollywood already. Even while at uni, he was in the dating game. I was going to say, show. if you were his college roommate, that's going to be a revolving door. you got to oh, go no, front row seats to a pretty... you got one of the best football, <laughs> but you got Tom Selleck and one of the top football players in the country. Good that Lord. room would have been just... Bonkers. Bonkers. Tom Selleck is working, he's been on the dating game, he was working as a model. And he'd film Pepsi commercials while he was at uni. And this was starting to lead towards the party. And he put on a Hawaiian film. shirt yet. I don't think he'd done the... Because that's the, the moment. That's oh. the real lightning bolt moment of his superpower. So was. you would think Tom Selleck would be the draw. <laughs> but Tom is nothing compared to what Tim is. So Tim is just uh, another thing because... He goes and plays for USC. He's there from 1965 to 67. And just to cover off his football stuff before we get into his non-football activities, <laughs> which are far more interesting. Excellent. He goes to two Rose Bowls, which are huge in yep. California. He's co-captain in the 1967 team that went on to win the national championship in college. So college sports, for anyone who doesn't is an American, huge. You know, like I think there was a game just the other day, Tennessee versus Alabama. 100,000 people at the stadium. That's crazy. Auburn and Alabama is the big one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, they're um, all in the Southeastern Conference, yeah. the SEC. A few years ago, it had a $6 billion TV deal. This is the size of college sports. And initially, it was the big game because there was no NFL, right? So football finished when you graduated from college. There yeah, was no it was professional. That right. It was, it was early. So these programs are storied programs that go back a long, long time. Yes. And people still to this day, some people don't follow the NFL but will barrack for their, their college team. Their college team. And there are some of the, life. there's rivalries there which exist forever. Oh, yeah. We have to do some of the rivalries. There's a great one where like, I think it's Auburn and um, Alabama where someone goes and poisons, poisons the all trees. the trees <laughs> at someone else's <laughs> campus and they don't take prisoners. You and, know. and guys who've left that college still go back to watch that game 40 years, yeah, 50 years never after stop. and they still will set their car on fire yeah, if they don't like the result. They yeah. absolutely are, are nuts. So, so the way sports should be. So he wins the national championship. Uh, while he's there as a co-captain, the other star of the team that year in 1967 was O.J. Simpson, <laughs> who goes on to have a great career. Oh, my God. Both in TV and sports. <laughs> yes, on and off the field. And uh, we will have to do an O.J. Simpson. That might be a series. Uh, that is. Track for us. I'm writing that down. So yeah. he's a teammate of O.J. Simpson. So he's got Tom Sell. He's not even out of college. He's got Tom <laughs> Selleck and O.J. Simpson. So he's already, you know, in the middle of everything. Good Lord. This still, is a full deck. Still, O.J. would not compare to him. Because at this point, Rosovich becomes known as being at college, what, what we would call in Australia, a, a loose unit. Okay. <laughs> right? Out there. Now, the chronological order of all the stuff I'm about to tell you is very <laughs> hard to nail down. And some of these stories, you would say, that cannot be true, right? Yeah. But I'll leave it to a teammate of him, uh, Ron Medvedev. He said he had a conversation with a guy called Don Meredith, who was a TV announcer and yes. former quarterback. And uh, Meredith once said to him, is it true that Rosovich, and before he could finish the sentence, Medvedev said, it's true and more. And Meredith said, no, but listen, did he really? And Medved interrupting again said, whatever you've heard about Rosovich <laughs> is true. And Meredith said, I'll be damned and shook his head. So he wouldn't even wow. leave. He just goes, he says, he's one of the guys where if someone says, yeah. I've heard a story, he goes, it's true. It, you, Lock it you, in. There is not, some people it's like, 
I did some of it, but the exaggerations yeah. flow on. With this guy. We put a bit of mayo on it. Oh, it's a bit of a rumour about it. Yeah. These, even like they're all true, basically. Everyone confirms it. Take these to the bank. Yeah, in fact, all these ones I've found, people have said, his teammates and stuff said, if anything, these all underplay it. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, I'm quite so, excited now. Um, so he was quite a good student. Yeah. Never cut corners on the footy field. On the footy field. So, he, he no, was, so that's interesting. He was pretty yeah, solid. He was a very solid on the football field. He worked hard. Like the coaches all said anything they asked, which is partly why they put up with a lot of the off the field stuff because yeah. anything they asked him on the field, he did at times 10. Like, like they said, if I'd have asked him to do anything, he'd have done it. And he was a great player as well. Yeah. Off the field, though, they said he was this big guy, you know, six foot four. Huge guy, lumbering over everyone, looks this countercultural guy. So they all thought he was an amazing guy. One of the first things that brought him to anyone's attention on campus yes. is he got to know the dean of students. So like sort of like, you know, the head of the uni. He met him in his freshman year when Rosovich walked out onto an eight-inch ledge at the dormitory on the second floor and stood there naked in broad daylight. <laughs> He'd just come out of the shower and the dean... <laughs> heard about it and called into his office and said, why did you do that? And he said, it was a windy day and it seemed like a good way to dry off. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. So already you can tell he's not. The he dean think, has to cop that. The dean meets him and says, okay, that's great. Another time he grabbed a student by the ankles and hung him out of the second floor window of the dorm. The student turned out to be the son of a member of the USC Board of Trustees. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he got in a bit of trouble, but at the same time, it was like he's really good at football. So everyone was like... Which is a reminder you need to know. Anyone else would have been... Would have been God, right? Would have been God. Why did he hang him out the window? Was it just for fun? For fun. Like everyone says he was the <laughs> most lovely... He wasn't a bully. He was the loveliest and guy. Was, he, was the guys hanging out the window, he thought it was fun? I don't think he, he thought it was as fun. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably to be some honest, kind of initiation or something, well, right? Yeah, it would well, have been a bit of hazing. Well, no, but Rosovich says he has so much energy in himself and it always has to go somewhere. So he just never, you'll see, he just never. It wasn't Tom Selleck, was it? <laughs> the minute he's sitting there, he go. starts going, tick, yeah. tick, you know. So one time he and a bunch of mates are swimming at the Russian River, uh, which is a river nearby, and they're all competing for a pot of $40. And what that is is you've got to swing on a rope over the uh, river. Yeah. And it's to see who has the guts to land nearest to the rock cliff on the other side. Oh, my God. So they all what doing What could it. go wrong? He assures himself of victory by just crashing flush into the rocks. <laughs> he doesn't, Thank you, $40. <laughs> exactly. He, doesn't, he just goes, oh, I'll win this. It's like, who can get closer? He goes, I'll get closer. I'll get closer. Waiter, check, please. Yep. He doesn't just basically hit the rock. He smashes into this rock, <laughs> slices up his elbows. Okay. Right? So that's bad enough. A few days later at a part fraternity party, he dives into a contaminated fish pond at, a, at this party <laughs> and he's sliced up elbows from the rock diving oh, no. a week before, get infected, right? This is not good. He goes into a coma from the infection. And he a was, induced coma? Or he, no, no, he, he lapses into a, into into a, a coma. Because he's... Jesus. Well, he's cut his elbows wide open and then he dives into a contaminated fish pond. Oh, my like, God. It's not, you know. So then he goes into a coma. For four days, he's completely incoherent. In the hospital, he's, they're trying to restrain him because he's like just gone to Lally. He can't yeah. think straight or whatever. He throws chairs, smashes a television set. He's completely like out of wow. it. They finally get the infection under control and everything. 
and he finally goes back to school. <laughs> the doctors say he can't play football for eight weeks. So okay, well, that's problematic. He that's leaves hospital much, straight away it? and pronounces himself immediately ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good to go. He's still standing there in a gown with a drip. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. You think he just had this four-day kind of like a coma that melted into a four-day hallucinating uh, like angry dream after this infection and he's like, I'm good to go. I don't know why. What is the fuss? Right? I'm imagining his scenes from Animal House right now. This yeah, guy yeah, exactly. is seriously I know, and he's this that. big, he looks like, like looks a like him. jock, like, yeah. like moustache. Like a Tom Selleck mustache he has, you know, and all that. <laughs> um, maybe Tom Selleck got it from him. I don't know. So he goes to the coach and says, I'm ready to go, coach. I don't know what, you, what you're talking about. Um, the coach says, I don't think you are ready to go. He goes, I'll prove it to you. And he runs across the training room and bangs his head, head first into the locker and dents it and says, see, I'm fine. <laughs> that will win every argument. <laughs> <laughs> there could have been any questions. I'll show you. Yeah. Bang. That got him across the No, line. the coach goes, I see you, you think you're fine, but the doctors say no. The scene was repeated every day after that. <laughs> <laughs> Still a no from me. <laughs> yeah, so, every, a- so every day Rosovich just does it and the coach just keeps wincing but going, no, no locker was safe. Oh, <laughs> Almost wow. every locker room in the place has got dents in it. <laughs> So eventually after a couple of weeks he gets back on and he's back in the thing and he just goes absolutely nuts. So there was another meeting at a fraternity meeting at USC because you've got all these meetings and like, you know, you're in this fraternity, this group. One meeting apparently was boring and so he had to do a speech and he stood up in front of everyone to make a speech, spread his arms wide open, opened his mouth and a sparrow flew out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he took a bow <laughs> and I'm done. What? What is the logistics? He, had, he would have had to have caught the sparrow. He, he's got to think that through. He's got to think that's a good idea to begin yeah, with. Yeah. Then he's got to implement a plan to catch a sparrow. Yeah, like. And how long had he been at the meeting before? They don't say. It's just because <laughs> there's, there's like a machine gun of these things, right? And like a story that in any uh, of our lives would have been like the one anecdote you people would tell about you, for him are a passing sentence. <laughs> what is going on? Uh, that should be like a David Attenborough style uh, oh, documentary. But what's this? How do you catch a sparrow? Put a bird in your mouth. And like, that bird won't be sitting there quietly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> going, how do you keep a straight face? You know He's you're co- sitting on gold though, don't you? His you commitment know. to comedy. <laughs> It makes me question everything we've ever done. That's, that's as good as anything I've seen, like in an opening <laughs> ceremony of the Olympics or something. I that told is you like you a, would love this guy, right? You, yeah. this is you would love this guy. It's really the Animal Channel. That's got to be its own. <laughs> Another time, he'd do this fairly regularly. He'd often get nude and cover himself completely in shaving cream, and then just run down the street at college for any purpose yeah, whatsoever. All through the cars, through traffic. <laughs> Just looking like a yeti or something. Yeah, just for something to do. And he'd just think it was like one of the best things ever. His house, his coach became very fond of him, right? And because he's such a good player and everyone (laughs) likes him. No one doesn't like this guy, even though they all think he's a bit nuts. (laughs) He and a friend in his senior year rent a house. Out the front was a wrecked car and there was a keg of beer inside and there was sawdust on the floor for where they stage fights. That's for... (laughs) That was their room. There's a purpose for sawdust. And that is for the worst bars in the world. Yeah, so their house had sawdust on the floor for fights. They used to do it all the time. <laughs> uh, he had a girlfriend. Did he? 
uh, college, uh, Michelle, I used to call her Mikey for short, she says, he jumped out of the window of my sorority house one night. He wasn't supposed to be there, of course, and he heard the security guards were coming. He ran right through the room where my sorority mother, Clemmie, was playing cards, so she's sort of in charge of the yes. room, and dived headfirst out the window. <laughs> the room was on the second floor. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask this? Was he covered in shaving cream at the time? <laughs> He's dived headfirst. <laughs> I like this guy. So he hears the security coming. He runs. He runs past the sorority mother. She's playing cards. He dives head first. Clemmy doesn't even look up because yeah. she's met him before she's and him she's before. seen it all with him. She's just like, yeah. I've seen it all before. She knew him well because he'd done 200 worth of damage to a brick wall out front of the house once when he drove in to see his girlfriend one night and crashed into it. <laughs> Rosovich said, I missed the turn. <laughs> He just missed. <laughs> so every car he owns ends up. It's carnage. He's a one man wrecking ball. Yeah. The girlfriend, after he ran out of her room, jumped out the window. The girlfriend comes running after him and she says she ran into Clemmy's room looking for him and she said, Where's Timmy? And Clemmy <laughs> pointed to the window and kept up playing cards, <laughs> didn't even look up. So anyway, I think he went out there. Mich- what's Michelle seeing in him, do you think? Is <laughs> she, think she up for all this? He's a this? good-looking guy. And he's and the he's man, big man on campus. And he's and fun. And he is fun. Like he's not – everyone says he's a night – like he's I know, hilarious. But not, no, you or me are not getting away with that behaviour no. at home on a – No. On, on a regular basis. <laughs> not on a regular basis. <laughs> um, he said after jumping out the second floor window that he landed in a tree and he put a <laughs> hole in his leg. <laughs> he put a lull in his leg. One day he's talking to a journalist about this and goes, yeah, this is where the hole of my leg was and there's a huge scar. The journalist notes that there's a heap of other scars, scars. on his legs as well. Rosovich said of the week he jumped out of his girlfriend's window, <laughs> this is a direct quote, it was bad week for me. I fell off two roofs and set fire to myself jumping over a car. <laughs> So, so the jumping at the second story window wasn't even like he needs probably. a hobby. He needs. He's got too much spare time on his hands. He's a big drinker, I'm guessing. Is this all alcohol fueled, or is he just generally looking for? I something think it's like to... he drinks and stuff. But I think on top of that, he yeah, he drinks a, lot, a bit. But they're not saying like a massive alcoholic yeah, or anything yeah, like that. It's yeah. more he. They'd say he had some sort of behavioural ADHD issue or something. You reckon? These days, because he says. I have so much energy when I just sit still, I can't handle it. I just have to put it into something. That's what he says. Right? Yeah, okay. So he'd fallen already off two roofs and set fire to himself jumping over a car. He said about jumping over a car that's on fire. <laughs> he was asked about this. What do you mean, like, you jumped over a car that's on fire? Like, yeah. cars just aren't on fire normally. Yeah, so you just stumble across that, didn't Yeah, you? and he says, well, we used to set fire to cars. We'd buy these old cars for $25. Mike Battle, who played with him and a few of us, and we'd set them on fire or we'd drive one to a big intersection and everyone would jump out and pound it with sledgehammers and saws <laughs> and things. So it's sort of like prank art no, before. Like they don't have a television show, but they're doing jackass. It's before correct. jackass. It, it's was next a level stuff. This yeah, is, it's like yeah, they're buying a car for twenty five dollars. Have road raged themselves. Yeah, 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 there's yeah, no yeah. else involved. Just to freak everyone out and make everyone go, "What's going on? What's going on?" Brilliant. <laughs> and because they're footballers, they can't really. If they, they wouldn't be tolerated if they were just a normal. No, well, one, it's the sixties. 
Seventies, so people are, and the co- people covered up stuff a lot more yeah. than now. Would be, there would have been no cameras at that. No cameras yeah. or anything like that. And it would all be hearsay. From what I've read, that it was all stupid things, but there wasn't anything. They weren't like beating people up or do, they, you know, it was just weird. The Sparrow didn't have a great day. But, <laughs> but beyond that, it's, 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 it's victimless. No, you're right. The Sparrow did not have a great day. <laughs> We don't know that. He might have, that might have been great. Um, He's a member of Sigma Chi. That's his like fraternity that he's living in. Yep. Um, And apparently it's a crazy house, right? Um, They used to go and collect bottles in a truck and then go back to the house and have bottle fights in the halls. Just throwing them. Lucky they've got sawdust. Do they have sawdust? No, they don't. (laughs) They said there always seem to be about six inches of broken glass on the floor and two or three guys at the health centre getting stitched up. That was just the normal. Get me back in there, Doc. (laughs) Come back in. I can fly. Um, (laughs) Every new guy that came to the town and joined Sigma Chi had to come up with a challenge. Uh, right, that was the challenge. Like everyone had a challenge. What you had to come up with your own challenge. Usually or? it was your own challenge, and they had to say, "Yeah, that's a good one." One guy, which was just more weird, he announced he was going to sleep for two weeks straight, and he did it. He woke up just to eat and go to the bathroom. Oh, that is gold. Yeah, you could do that. I easy. could do that. Yeah, that's not. I, a I could join this frat house. <laughs> that's just. Or I could work my way up the ladder. I could. I could be dean. <laughs> I could be, what is it, the sorority dad. Yeah, now, people are always falling off roofs. He was always falling off roofs. Yeah. One of the reasons about this is somebody, and this is his quote, he said, somebody was always walking around somebody's roof. One guy used to dress up all in black with a clerical collar, like a priest collar, yes. and he'd take a bottle of Southern Comfort <laughs> up on the roof and then preach all night. <laughs> These were just the things coming. Which did they get bottles checked at him? <laughs> Tim uh, Rosovich said that he fell off the third story of the house onto his back on a concrete walk. He said, I don't exact, remember exactly why I was up there. My elbow dug into the ground next to the concrete and broke my fall. I was lucky. I don't know how that's lucky. Are these the elbows that were <laughs> that was sent him into yeah. a coma? I don't think there was a bit of his body that wasn't, right. you know. I think his pain threshold was high. I think it was very high. You know, I this don't is think like was, training. Yeah. Sigma Chai was eventually put on social probation for a number of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> One was they filled the elevator of the Mannix Hotel with water and when the door hit the lobby, swoosh, <laughs> all the water opened. <laughs> it a bit like a scene from The Shining. Yeah, it just went everywhere. Bang. So this was sort of what they want. And um, again, was there a method to this or is it just something they felt was right to do? They just wanted to do stuff, right? Good this stuff. was like... So that's just his college career. Oh my God! Are you telling me that's his college career? So, so he finishes up. He's a legend. You got to remember, he's won national championship for them, right? He's been an All American, consensus All American. Everyone agrees he's, he's the best defensive end in the country, pretty much. Yeah. This was just seen as boys being boys, yeah. right? And it didn't say much of what he was like, apart from the obscene amount of property damage. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem like, you know. Did everyone see a heave a sigh of relief when he left college? Was, I, was there people there going, well, it was fun, but. Everyone they interview, like teammates, just say they all loved him. He was great. Yeah. You imagine there were a bunch of people at college who just wanted to study or something who found him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think it depends what side you're on with this guy. As they're trying to study and he just falls past their window <laughs> in their room and you go. Oh, I think the most annoying is the guy that preached all night drinking Southern Comfort. <laughs> That's the I'm guy I would. I'm surprised he didn't read him the last rites <laughs> on a number of occasions. 
So finally, right. he finishes up there. Now, Philadelphia select him with the 14th pick of the 1968 NFL draft. So this is like, you know, 14th yep. pick's big thing, big first time. round. And so he goes there in 968. And he's so good, by 969, he's in the Pro Bowl. Uh, Philadelphia are terrible at this point. So to do that is quite amazing. So he's the man. Yep. In his time there, he starts at defensive end. They actually move him to eventually become a linebacker because he's yeah. quite fast and he's really good there. Is too. he popular with the fans? I would have thought they've taken to him He's the most quickly. popular with the fans, right? Yeah. When he shows up to Philadelphia, you know, it's 68, they do a show on him almost immediately called The New Breed because he lives with a guy who's the new head of NFL films by just complete um, chance. Because he's living with him, they say, well, we've got to do a guy called Ed Sabal who yep. set up NFL Films, which is very sure. well-known. Now he it's passed amazing. away not that long ago, but he was a huge guy. He lived with um, Tim Rosovich. And so they knew each other. So he said, I want to do this thing. So they did a show about it called The New Breed, saying here's this guy with a mustache and curly hair and yeah. he's a hippie and all this sort of stuff. And they went to the beach for this film and they filmed him making a candle and reciting poetry. And it was so <laughs> unusual. On. Sounds like one of his sorority challenges. Exactly, because he's from California and he's like... Is he banging this on or is this part of no, who he is? No, he is a hippie sort See, of guy. He's a hippie. He's I also cannot a hippie. reconcile yeah, yeah. all the characters. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting in guy. Like, So he's a, he calls himself <laughs> a, hippie. a hippie. Yeah. So That's what Michelle saw. And it's the hippies. Yeah, he's like, he's you know, so he's Southern California, you know, it's the heart of it all, right, yeah. of the hippie culture. So he's, yeah, but hippie culture is different from going out collecting bottles and chucking them at your roommates. That's not hippie culture. No, I don't think you would call that pure hippie culture. I think you straddled. Unless the bottle had a candle or incense <laughs> in it and you were, oh, Yeah, they burned incense while they did it. He's all over the shop. He's all over the shop. Anyway, it, it was so unusual, this film, film yeah. that when it aired, two team owners of other teams called the head of uh, the NFL and complained about seeing it on TV and they described Tim's behaviour as subversive and immoral. <laughs> Because <laughs> he made a candle and chanted poetry. I mean, yeah, that's the no least. Room for that. They didn't care about. Uh, they don't care about the rest. Nah, get um, him down the strip club. Make it rain with everyone else. This is what uh, Rosovich said. He said, "I consider myself a hippie in all the good ways. I dress in different clothes and grow my hair long because I have this feeling of independence. I think the youth of today can look at me and associate with me with more than the average football player. They can see a person with long hair doesn't have to be associated with something bad." So that was a quote he sort of said at the time. Uh, I'd like to know what Steinbrenner's thinking. I know. It's, do you know what? In this, they all talk about his hair again. Yeah. And it's just, you realise in American sports, hair's it's a, a big ticket hair item. Hair is a massive, like, like in Australia, you've never hear it mentioned. No. Except for moustaches, how popular they were. Yeah. But in this, it's just constant. So from when he started practising with the Eagles, he said that he ended up fighting with every single Eagles offensive lineman in practice because the guys used to go against. Okay. But he said there was always, so he'd get in fights on the practice field all the time because he went so hard. And that's unusual? Well, yeah, he's just so full on. and But they all liked him because they couldn't stay mad with him because he was just so friendly. <laughs> they'd say, that's oh. a superpower. And then he'd let them all know how deep down he really loves them. <laughs> so they just, people wanted almost like not like him, but he was just he such a, it. yeah, you couldn't yeah. help but like him. He used to, there was a whirlpool, which is kind of like, you know, a thing you get into recover, almost like a spa, yes. but smaller. It's like a washing machine size. Yeah. He would sometimes d run in and do a head first dive into it while other guys were in it. <laughs> it's this tiny little thing. Oh, here comes Ross <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. No, Tim. No, Tim. <laughs> Bang. Um, at lunch in the dining hall, he's pretty new, right? Yeah. 
He's just sitting there one day and they're all quiet eating lunch and he leaped up from the table with a letter he had been reading, held it up and shouted, sexual distraction, sexual distraction. Then he grinned and disappeared out of the room <laughs> and no one knew, just everyone was going, what's he up to? <laughs> what's, he, what's that about? He also, <laughs> once they were hanging around a place called Rittenhouse Square and there was a concert on and he saw the big box a guy had taken the tuba out of, a tuba, you yes, know, yes. taken it out of. So he dragged the box out into the middle of Walnut Street, <laughs> crawled up inside and curled up no. in the tuba case. People stopped and looked in because it's just lying there in the street. Yeah. And he looked up and would say, how are you? I'm Tim Rosovich. What are you doing in there, Tim? People would say. And he'd say, well, we had a tough practice today and I'm relaxing. <laughs> now, you got to remember, people knew who he was. He was the big rookie signing, right? This was like, so he'd lie in this tuba case. <laughs> I'll just bring the club. Oh, I've just seen Tim in a tuba case. Out in the middle of a square. Because he was so popular. One day he went to a, a Rolling Stones concert in yeah. Philadelphia yes. and the and Mick Jagger called him up on stage. Oh, my God. And he got a bigger cheer than Mick Jagger. Because <laughs> <laughs> people just loved him. Like, he's this well-known, right? Oh, this is the wow. level of fame he had. Um, another time at training camp in 1970, so he'd been there a couple of years now, they were at this place called Albright College um, in Reading and a yes. severe thunderstorm rolled about town. And it wiped out afternoon practice and it flooded all the streets. So he grabbed the table from the locker room, took it outside and rode it like a surfboard down the hill alongside rush hour traffic. Is that, did I just get overtaken by Tim Ross? I, mean, I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> He's joined the Eagles. He gets put with his first roommate. Yes. A guy called Adrian Young. And he thought that... Rosovich just enjoyed lunacy on a level that he had never, never seen, seen before, before, right? He said on the second day of the camp for their rookie year, so for rookie year, it's the second day. He's just joined the team, right? They're lying in bed all worn out in this big dormitory and they're starting one of these um, discussions in the sleep, like, or while they're trying to, before they go to sleep, they're chatting. So it's like kids on camp almost, Yeah, right? absolutely. They're a bit overexcited. Yeah. Tired. And so they're talking about, like, how far would you walk for such and such or what would you do to get this? Like, it's yes. that sort of thing they're talking about. And it goes back and forth. And Adrian Young says, finally gets tired of this game and he yeah. pretends to go to sleep because he just yes. wants – it's like you can't keep up with Rosovich's lower. So he brings a bit of sleep. So – Rossovich is like, Adrian. No answer. Adrian. Adrian. And then he got up and began to pace the floor going, Adrian, Adrian. He paced back and forth, back and forth, wouldn't <laughs> stop. Pretty soon there were guys yelling down the hall, yelling, shut up, because all the other teammates yes. are like asleep. He keeps pacing. Then he gets up on the dresses that are like along the side of the thing <laughs> and <laughs> begins pacing and bending his head from hitting the ceiling, but he's like high up. Yes. And he starts going, Adrian, Adrian, like louder and louder as guys start pounding. And finally Adrian can't take it anymore. He says, all right, Tim, what the hell do you want? <laughs> he says, I just wanted you to answer me, Adrian. <laughs> and then he got down, crawled into bed, said, good night, Adrian, and then went to sleep. This is <laughs> genius or insanity. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, a desperate need for attention. He goes, yeah. I will win this. Yeah, I'll you win will, this. You will, you will say my name. <laughs> <laughs> and then once he gets it, he just goes to sleep. He doesn't like go, let's keep talking. He's Adrian. like, Adrian, Adrian, like you can just see the I scene, can do this right? all night. This huge footballer all the time. He also, one of the things he learned, Adrian learned as his roommate in the early days when they weren't at camp, when they're just living together, <laughs> he said, uh, Rosovich always slept face down with a compass to make sure that his head was pointing north. 
<laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. So that what the- are you doing? <laughs> what is this? Okay. I'm frightened to ask. Why? So what? The- <laughs> Because oh, his teammate said, you know, most people sleep on their side or on their back. Don't sleep he face was down. like dead face Sorry. down on his stomach, face down. Planking. Yeah, basically planking with a compass, making sure even when he was tra- on road trips in hotels. Yes. Why? So that the magnetic waves of the earth would revitalize him. <laughs> and often he'd do this while being nude. <laughs> and one day at time, yeah. and with, without a doona on him, he'd just be nude. Lying yeah. face down. As long as he's pointing to magnetic <laughs> north, north, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I made Anything you. else would be weird. <laughs> One time <laughs> a cleaner came in at the hotel and thought he was dead. <laughs> Scream, thinking it was a dead body because who sleeps like that on the floor? He'd do it on the floor too. He wasn't in a bed. He'd do it on the floor. So one time a cleaner walks in, there's just this six foot four man naked. <laughs> Face planted. Face planted on the floor and she started screaming thinking. Well, you would. Yeah, you would. So they decide to give him a new roommate. (laughs) Yes. His new roommate is one of the more conservative guys on the team. He's a soft-spoken nine-year veteran lineman named Don Holtz, who's a Tennessee deputy sheriff in the off-season. Okay. Probably a little different. Is this a deliberate ploy to calm yeah, they the think, farm? Let's try he, he and needs some mentoring. Bit. We need to put some serious. Yeah, let's get this, you know. And apparently well, Holtz, that'd work. Holtz gives like off an aura of just wholesomeness. He's like yeah. a real American southern boy. Tennessee, up. like, you know. Great. So the first night. Job done. And therefore you've got to remember, Rosovich wears tie-dye shorts. He wears frontier buckskins. He often stands on his head in hotel lobbies for quite some time for fun. <laughs> this With is like compass? the ultimate odd. <laughs> With a compass, is, is, he, is, he, is he facing north? magnetic north? <laughs> this he... is like this isn't the odd couple. Right. The first night Rosovich went up to his room, mm. there was a Bible on his bed that his new oh, roommate wow. had put it. Right. In response, Rosovich walked in wearing a Dracula cape. <laughs> <laughs> and while Holtz is lying on his bed. <laughs> Holtz is spraying holy water. Yeah. And, he's got the cross out. And while Holtz is lying on the bed reading a magazine, Rosovich spent about 10 minutes modelling it, prancing around, swirling the cape. Anyway, apparently they get a log all right. They get on. I don't think. He should have given the Bible to his preacher, uh, mate. Uh, he should yeah. get up on the roof. Bottle of Southern Comfort, <laughs> the Bible. I don't think Rosovich really. Everyone says they like him, and I, I don't imagine he was home much. I don't think he was home at all. But see, Holtz, so did Holtz grow to like him? It would say, it so even say, a conservative yeah, elder just cannot. Yeah, apparently just everyone seems to like him. I mean, they all think he's like Bonkers, out there. Yeah. yeah, they don't know what's going on. But he finally moves out and gets a house at Rittenhouse Square. It's an apartment with, this is you know, a year in, with teammate Gary Pettigrew. And the NFL films executive Steve Sabol. So all three of them are living in this house. They're all sort of young guys and they have a lot of parties and they get invited sure. to a lot of parties, right? Very popular right. in Philadelphia. One day the doorbell rang and when the door opens, in walks uh, Rosovich at this party with a Fu Manchu moustache and his big curly hair and this time he's fully on fire. And all the guests cry out and horror, oh, God, I beg your pardon, stop he's it. He's on his t-shirt, he's on all on fire. And the guests all start crying out, oh, God, he's, somebody do something. And he walks in 
And suddenly, um, Sabol uh, and a guest knock him to the ground. They beat it with blankets, put the flames out. And Tim Rosovich gets to his feet, still smouldering, looks casually around the room and says, sorry, I must have the wrong apartment and walks out. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, Rosovich. <What? laughs> now, this is a party trick Rosovich does a lot. <laughs> He's set himself That's on fire beauty. and walk into things. Gary Pettigrew says this, who did this many times with Rosovich. Rosovich was always on on fire. The technique. <laughs> listen to yourself. Yeah, Just listen to I you. know. I've read this so much and I still find it amazing. Do not do this at home. I just want to sure. add, right? Do not do anything this man's done at home, <laughs> I think is what yeah, you meant I, to yeah, say. Yeah, I should have said that at the start. The techniques to wear two T-shirts. This is what Gary Pettigrew's teammate and flatmate says. One T-shirt was against the skin, fairly tight. The other was one you put over that. You soak that in lighter fluid. <laughs> That's the one you would light. The fluid was all in the front, so the fire wasn't that close to the skin, apparently. Oh, makes sense. Um, and then what they did is they'd walk into the thing, freak people out. Um, everyone would see the fire. And then they would have worked out that the other two would knock him down well, and I'm either spray Are they in something. on it? They're or in they? on it, yeah, but the rest are not. But Rosovich did say, a couple of times I heard my hair crackling and my moustache got singed now and then, but it was really just done for effect just to get attention. Reporters would ask me, why do you do this? And I'd say, this is why I do it, to attract attention. <laughs> but in mind. Uh, another time he's at a birthday party and he's really bored. He's sitting there and the party <laughs> is trouble. not good. This is trouble. This is a perfect storm. Yeah. The, the party oh is not good. God. So he starts pacing around a bit, and, yeah. you know, not going well. And yeah. he finally says, oh, excuse me for a minute. <laughs> and everyone goes, yeah, sure. So he goes to the bathroom, takes off all his clothes, <laughs> and with a mighty croak, came leaping into the living room like a giant frog. <laughs> fully, fully nude. And does a huge ponderous flip and landed bear back onto the birthday cake. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I like that he thought it through and that's what he came up with. Yeah. He's pondered. How do I get this party going? He's paced. <laughs> he's nutted it. Yeah. He's gone away, prepared and come back in and that's what he's got. I'm a nude frog <laughs> and I'm going to do a <laughs> flip into the birthday cake. Genius. <laughs> There's so many parties I've been Was at. he on fire? Was That's he on fire? One of the was rare occasions where he was not on fire. <laughs> what I love about it too is all of his ideas are kind of genius. Like yeah. the, it's like a surrealist. Like if if this was, as you said, it's jackass before jackass. Well, yeah, like if I read this as Andy Kaufman doing it and said Andy Kaufman did all this, you'd go, oh, that was you're, like, you're a genius. You know, exactly. Kaufman, like yeah. it's that sort of comedy, right? It's just to it's, make it weird. But there's many parties I've been at where I would have killed for someone to do that. Anytime. There's a <laughs> there's never a bad time to do that. I hope it happens before this interview is <laughs> over. To be honest. It's um, a bit of Dennis Rodman too, like in that you go, not not these party tricks, but the idea that the need for attention and the large life character, but offset by the fact that when he played or trained, yeah. he was 100%. So yeah, that's, that's right. why these guys could get away with it because you can still rely on yeah, them. But if so you couldn't. Good. I think also like, unlike Rodman, like everyone talks of Rodman being weird. I don't think Rodman's odd, but Rodman was mainly known, until the North Korea stuff, he was mainly just had 
piercings and mm, a bit dyed of hair and put on a bit of cross-dressing and everyone went, this is so weird in the 90s. Yes. Now you wouldn't even, like, they wouldn't even get you noticed, right? Like you wouldn't <laughs> even, even go whatever. They'd yeah. go good on you. Yes. But apart from that, he didn't, he, he went on a few benders and that. He was nothing, nothing. as full on as this guy. Like, Rosevich is genius next level, right, I reckon. I, I believe so. I, I believe some of these antics. Um, yeah. Another time they used to regularly go to a bowling alley called Heister's Lanes. Mm. Um, and it had a lounge and everything and often musicians there. And Rosovich is a regular there. He really enjoyed it. It was always there. He seems like a bowling type. Yeah, I think so. And there was a bar there and everything, right? Um, he was often there next to the cigarette machine with a beer <laughs> in his hand and he'd sit there. And one night he's watching and there's a group of school teachers who came in. Okay, can you ask us, is he bored? <laughs> is he bored? <laughs> I, think, I think his baseline is bored, bored. Right? right? So he watches these group of school teachers, all these women come in and they take, Three tables. Yeah. And he's nearby and he's watching as they uh, they get all these three tables shoved together to fit all these school teachers. So there's a big group of them. And then they all sit down, they start chatting. And <laughs> while they're chatting, he waits for them to all get, you know, settled and they're all chatting away. And then he sort of glides over and falls full length across all the tables, face up and announces, do whatever you want to me, ladies. <laughs> 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 that old one. <laughs> oh my god! It's just relentless. It's just performance it's, art, right? Like, like I keep, he doesn't what? do anything to him either. Then he then laughs and goes. It's not like he then cracks on or doesn't leave him. He goes, "See you." That I've done it. I keep waiting for you to wrap this up. I keep thinking, <laughs> "Well, that's it. He's surely he's done." I know. He's, he's just incredible. No, we're not. We're not even close. <laughs> So he, in the amongst all this, he gets to the Pro Bowl in 1969. So he's the he's still doing it. Great, yeah. yeah. We get to the bit where he's known for eating things. Right? But a sparrow doesn't <laughs> sparrow. count. Yep. At one point, he's known for putting things in his mouth like sparrows, yes, but also yeah. eating all sorts of things. Now, Mike Ditka, the famous tight end and coach Chicago. for Chicago um, Bears, yep. tough bloke, right? Yeah. Really known for his toughness. Plays tough guys in movies. And yeah, things, all sorts so. of stuff. Yeah. Rosovich and him are hanging out. Rosovich challenges him to a beer bottle opening contest but you can only use your teeth to open the bottle. Right, okay. Tim opens 100 bottles to Ditka's three. <laughs> At what and point then, did he not stop? You've and, won. And then to really ram it home to Ditka, the tough, one of the tough oh. guys in the NFL, Tim starts biting and eating the beer glass and chewing it. This is a trick he does numerous times. One time in an interview with Sports Illustrated, um, John Underwood, the interviewer, is sitting there with his Rosovich and his wife <laughs> and says, I've heard you eat glass and the wife just served tea and drinks in crystal. And he goes, that can't be true. So Rosovich immediately starts biting the crystal that he's eating and chewing it and the wife comes out of the kitchen and goes, Rosovich, stop. That's the good crystal. That's the good crystal. <laughs> I want to say something else. So he just starts chewing glass regularly. Again, not hippie behaviour. No, he does this all the time. Another time he was sitting at a table when the conversation started to lag and he's smoking a cigarette. And suddenly he's not smoking a cigarette. He's just eating the lit cigarette just because he was bored. Another time he was going to have a foot race with a guy. This guy challenged him to a foot race. So to get ready, he drank a quart of motor oil. <laughs> Why? He thought it would turbocharge him. 
At the same time, every month he would prepare and cook the exact meal that was the feature on the front of Bon Appetit magazine and invite his family over to dinner. And prepare the same meal. The exact meal that was on the cover every time. Wow. When it came to cars, every car he ever had, they all ended up suffered beyond repair, every single one. Like he never sold one like no, by yeah. the end of it. Um, one time he was driving a bunch of guys to the pub to get a beer. He thought it would be fun in order to stop the car. He wouldn't use brakes, so he drove it into the wall of the pub. <laughs> Another time he drove a motorbike off a pier into the ocean. because he thought Was he on it? Yeah, because it would be fun. Just Is Tom Selleck watching this? <laughs> Tom Selleck's got some ideas off this guy. So he was just doing this all the time. Um, he apparently would sleep for four hours a night, often when he was lying down on the thing. He would always play Christmas carols. Okay. Like obsessed with them. He would start playing Did he playing have a favourite? Well, they didn't have a favourite, but he'd start playing them in October because he liked them so much. And okay. he'd play them when he lived in this apartment um, with his friends. He'd play them so loud that you could hear them on the 12th floor, <laughs> even though they lived on the 24th floor. <laughs> Okay, that's annoying. If you started yeah. to play, it's okay for you to like them, but if you're playing them in October, you know what you're doing. Oh, I know. You are deliberately yeah. trying. That's, yeah, start, that's Guantanamo based. That is. <laughs> I'm going to play Anyone this that's until worth you retail go mad. No, that's the. <laughs> Apparently, though, he was once described as he doesn't walk, he always slides, and he always has a thing about fragrances. So he was always covered in multiple body lotions and had a whole bunch of oils and stuff. He smelled like a cedar closet. <laughs> At all times. Including motor oil. He would dress in every period. So he'd dress a frontier <laughs> period, cosmic. He'd just pick a period of um, rain dance. He had a rain dance period. He'd just pick things and decide, I'm going to um, do all this sort of stuff. Right. Um, and he was always on. One time he was told to show up at something and it was like business people. He said, what do I wear? And they said, we don't know. <laughs> so he went out and in sunscreen wrote unidentified flying object on his chest and then got it burnt so it said it and then just turned up with that on display. See, just, that's performance art. Yeah, and despite that, all the business people absolutely loved him. Of course they, they did. They thought they, he was the best. And, they and said, did you turn up with no top on? Yeah, he turned up with no top on with you, unidentified <laughs> flying object written across him in like sunburn. Or like reverse sunburn. Reverse sunburn. And then somebody in the group of these business people asked him what a middle linebacker says in a defensive huddle. He turns his back on these salespeople and then spins around with his face all savage <laughs> and goes, all right, let's get out there and knock their duffs off and just screams <laughs> it at them. And they're all like, yeah, they all love him. So, so every he time. He transported them to yeah, that like, sacred place. His favorite, one of his favorite places on Philadelphia is the main line bar. So it's a lounge on the Philadelphia main line. And he was known to walk into the bar and he did this a lot of bars and he'd just like go, round of drinks on me because he just loved everyone having yes. a good time. So people loved him. On his first visit though to this lounge where he became a regular, <laughs> he wore a sleeveless shirt with a big decal of a rose on the front, crushed vinyl shoes and a pair of vinyl pants with a sash. That's what he's wearing, right? <laughs> the man security at the door asked to see his ID card and so Rosovich bends over and bites him on the head playfully. <laughs> That's his first time at the bar. Because you can identify someone through dental <laughs> charts. Anyway, there he gets let in. No one cares anyway. They all like him. Another night, he walks in. He's got his arm in a plaster cast. And all the regulars are going, what's happening? So he explains he broke his arm at Philadelphia Eagles practice that afternoon. The regulars are all like, he's terrible. And they'll commiserate for a while. Anyway, then they start all discussing some minor point of football. And Rosovich suddenly becomes incensed at what they're saying. <laughs> And starts yelling at them and they're going, 
What's going on? Because he's done? not normally like this. And he starts smashing the plaster cast on the bar. <laughs> and it's like, and everyone's going, you're wrecking your arm. You're wrecking your arm. And he's shouting. He's pounding the bar more and more. He's swinging it wildly around. He breaks a chair with it. He pounds the bar again. <laughs> the cast starts splintering and begins disintegrating everywhere. Yeah. Pieces of plaster are fluttering around like snowflakes. It's like it's snowing in there. Yeah. The lounge is just dead silent <laughs> watching this madman smash his broken arm cast. Everyone's looking stunned at the exposed arm. Finally, all the plaster falls off his arm and Rosovich looks at his arm like with epiphany on his face like he's never seen anything like it before and goes, I'm cured. <laughs> and the whole thing was just made up. He's, he's never out. broken his arm. Who has gone out and gone, get me a plaster cast. I'm Put about to go. Uh, is that unethical from a doctor? <laughs> they just do it. It's Tim. It's, it's Tim Rosovich. Just and so he yells, I'm cured. And the old bar's just going, <laughs> what was that? Um, around this time, <laughs> right, so it gets to 1972, him and another guy, safety bill, uh, was a position in, defensive position in American football, him and Bill Bradley, they, they're doing a bit of a holdout over their contract sure. over training camp, which is, that's normal, like to sort of say, right. we're not turning up to training camp unless our contracts yeah, meet yeah, some yeah. of our agreements, right? But instead of just like staying at home, they start showing up. <laughs> to training where there's fans at practices and selling food and drinks <laughs> from their RV. <laughs> Just no real reason, right? Like, <laughs> so, This is genius. Yeah, yeah. This is pure. Again, I want to be there when he sits around and goes, you know what we should do? Yeah. Just get an RV, let's go down to train. Yeah, and, and just let's. sell food and drink. Because there's the a fans. degree of organization and premeditation yeah, yeah. that has to occur. I know people go, he's a madman, he but I'm turns like, up because you turn up. There's that is just a people go, he was a madman, but I or a wild man. And I'm like, everything of this is fairly premeditated. Like it's they're not like some are just he's obviously just a doing frog. it as the yeah, they, they the, frog. But even that's a bit of a like comedic. Well, well he's had to but but he's he's worked that out on the fly. Yeah, yeah. These yeah. ones, the plaster cast that's right. or the RV at training. Yeah, yeah. Even the setting himself on fire. That's like he's organised the guys to put him out. You know, they're not the acts of someone who's just like completely. No. So finally, this is enough for Philadelphia. They finally trade him in '72, and he ends up at the San Diego Chargers for '72 and '73. So that's interesting. So they would have had full disclosure, knowing exactly what they're buying. Yeah, but he's still he's still feel, good fits enough. Their team yeah. and their. After that, he's okay. Not, not as we don't get as his short times here. So when you read about this, it seems that most of the stuff that he'd always done still happens, but it's a bit quieter time. Okay. Or it just doesn't get reported as much. He's Philadelphia, it's all like so. Sadie is that we, I don't think he, I think he's still doing exactly the same stuff. Yeah. Right. He then goes to Philadelphia Bell, which is in the World Football League, which is a, an alternate league that got launched around this right. time um, in '74 and '75, and he goes and plays there in Philadelphia. Was that the Trump? League? No, was it was a the, different one, right. but it's one that's well worth us looking into at some point because it was a crazy <laughs> league. He then comes back in the NFL in 76 for Houston Oilers, but by this point he's injured and he's kind of like having enough. So yeah. he retires from football. So wow. this is where the second part of his life then kicks in, right? So uh, he's got these strong connections because his brother Rick's an actor. His brother was um, in Top Gun, the first movie, the yes. Tom Cruise one. Val Kilmer's wingman in that, who's uh, a guy yeah. called Rick Rosovich, is Tim's brother. And he's also he's in, also Roxanne. He's in Roxanne. He's the barman in he's Roxanne. He's in Roxanne. He's funny. Yeah, and that's Tim's brother. Oh, my God. So he's got that and he's got the Tom Selleck connection. Sure. So he says, 
why don't I get into being a stuntman and an actor? And yeah. this leads to a 20-year... A stuntman? Stunt, <laughs> the stuntman will go, you can't do that. A stuntman. So this leads to a 20-year career. Of course. A 20-year career. If you, I'll show you the pictures of this I guy. Think, why didn't I know this, what you were going to say? When you see these pictures of this guy, you'll go, I've seen this guy in things. Like he's, one, he's the ultimate that guy for TV and movies. I'll give you a rundown of his thing. So he spends the next 20 years a stuntman and a, and a sort of an actor. He plays heavies and thugs. He plays muscles, criminal masterminds, mobsters, spies. He plays wrestlers, boxers, working class types. He does all sorts of things. His first job is a stunt double in a Burt Reynolds film called Hooper. Yep. He then gets his on-screen start uh, in early 1978 on in TV on Charlie's Angels. <laughs> he plays several roles on Charlie's Angels as like... Thugs and, and speaking roles, things. or is he some just are the speaking? Some are just he does both. He then plays a bodyguard on the first and second seasons of ABC Soap, which is yes, a, a yeah. thing. He's a boxer in the Barbara Streisand Ryan O'Neill movie, The Main Event. He plays yeah. both a warehouse thug and a beast man on Wonder Woman, the TV <laughs> show. He's in MacGyver. Oh man, Hunter, Baywatch, The Love Boat, Knight Rider, Charlie's Angels, Remington Steel. The A team. He's on. Tell he's, me he's worked with Tom Selleck. He works Tell on me. Magnum. He does about. He, he does, does a whole Magnum. bunch. He gets Tom Selleck, his own mate, gets him in. He gets on that. He's in the films. He's in Night Shift, The Sting 2, and The Main Event, which I mentioned. The yeah. Brothers Trust Mum. He was Detective Noodles, the incompetent <laughs> sidekick of Stoner Cop Sergeant Stanko in Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams. Oh my God. I'm going. The first thing I do when I leave here is to go and get that off the shelf. Yeah. On ALF, he was in ALF he as Willie, the dad skydiving instructor. So he just has this incredible. huge, like if you look, his list of roles, none of them big, none of them, but just he was in a few pilot sitcoms. Of course he's going to be and, doing this. Yeah, he's this doing. This is now his natural habitat. That's his habitat. And I think sort of towards the end of his life, he does get in some trouble for arrested violent behaviour just um, not a lot of detail about them in the thing. Yes. He sort of finishes, I think his last ever appearance is in 1998, I think he does his final uh, credit for nothing particularly amazing, just as a bit yes. pop role. And after that, he's basically, um, you don't hear much about him, except that he, when he does die, he dies on September 6, 2018, so not that long ago in Sacramento. He's 72. Um, after a long battle with illness, and that's all we know of him, um, of, of his end. So, you know, in the end, it's quite a quiet ending. When they buried him, did they bury him <laughs> face down, facing, facing north? <laughs> facing Please north. tell me they did that. I hope they did. So surely that is one of the... Uh, so that's easily my favourite character I've heard. I'm just blown away. I wish to hell I could have met him or yeah. hung out with him. I know. And, uh, that is the densest bit of mayhem <laughs> I have ever. I can't think of heard. many more because it's nonstop. He just keeps coming. Yeah, he's not. He obviously is up for it. He just that guy. I know. What are we doing now? I know. And I'm just delighted. I know. think back to that young boy who stood on that windowsill <laughs> naked, drying himself off. I mean, that's and everything he achieved thereafter. It, this is one of the great stories. I know. Of the ages. <laughs> Thank you again, Titus O'Reilly. <laughs> got to go get that film. If you want more Sports Bazaar, simply go to any of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. We've got the whole lot. And we also have Bazaar Plus, our membership program, where you can get even more content 
A link to that is just in the show notes. Cheers.